TC Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with two... He screwed no up. Script, no yeah, script. I'm flying without a script today, y'all. Awesome. I've only done a hundred something shows so at this point. So we'll help you out. The show is <laughs> called Kick It Naturally. Yeah. My yeah. name is TC Hale. You're Ken oh McEnroe. I totally forgot who you are. And then next to us is going to be Hottie Batati. Hottie Will, Will Schmidt, Schmidt. But he's coming in on Skype. Yeah, but, but still, it's part of the script. Okay. All right. So, so we, we moved. We moved we our moved. studio. We moved our offices. And it was it was not fun. It was fun. hell on earth. It was not a good time to move all those items. But we're here, but everything's still packed up. So we don't know where the scripts are. And so we'll have a fun time today yeah. with the show. We'll have Kenna do announcements and maybe even... Um, maybe I might get some right. Maybe yeah. I might get some wrong. It'll be a lot of fun. Okay, but kick it naturally. TC Hill. He's my boss. Hey, Will. What's the, going on, buddy? There's Will via Skype. Hi. 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 You guys hear me all right? Yeah, we're all with you. He so looks we're, cute. We're fancy. Yeah, it's good times. We can see him on video. Um, you guys can't see him on video, but you can't see us either. So yeah. it really doesn't matter. Will's in his underwear, you guys. <laughs> and my other clothes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. with his clothes on top of them. Yeah, it's just a weird thing he does. Um, so we're doing part two. You didn't let two. me tell you about Facebook. Oh, okay. There's other stuff in the <laughs> There's script. There's other I stuff don't in know. the script. All right, what's up? Okay, I am an actress. You think I would have this memorized after? <laughs> 105. So times. yeah, if you haven't joined us on Facebook yet, what the heck is the holdup? Go ahead and join us at Kick It in the nuts yeah <laughs> and that's where we put all of our show questions topics you guys can ask us any questions we'll cover them on the show if you have a show topic we can even do that that might be fun since we're running out and today it seems like it takes longer for her to do it when she doesn't have a script because i just like to improvise <laughs> uh-huh. i just like to talk right um but today we have part two on vaccines yeah so if you didn't hear part one go back and listen to that on itunes or on stitcher because we covered a lot of stuff and we're just going to kind of get to more questions that the listeners had today but we covered a lot of good stuff and if if you don't hear part one you won't even know if we like vaccines or we don't like vaccines mm-hmm. or we're like maybe maybe use some of them but maybe not others who knows and we're going to leave that up as a mystery yeah so you have to go back and listen right so uh will unless you have anything that you wanted to recap from part one we can jump right in yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I guess a quick recap to be fair to the people that um, that listened last week but want to just rehash it was that um, we uh, we were not conclusive about, like, should you or should you not vaccinate? And we thought, at least I, as far as what I remember me saying is that it's kind of a case-by-case basis on what vaccine you're talking about, what disease you're talking about, what environment and risk factor that you are depending on like where you live and who you are so it's not like a yeah we like them or no we don't it's like a more nuanced thing yeah i think if i had an opinion about anything it's that you really have to educate yourself about what's going on and look at both viewpoints because when you educate yourself you're not actually going to find real answers you're going to find viewpoints from both sides of the fence and we do know that from both sides of the fence, people are yelling. Like they're <laughs> yelling from both sides and they're real upset about it. But 
this kid that you're thinking about vaccinating, you're going to have this kid for a really long time and in most cases. So you might as well take a, a week or so at least to just do some homework and understand what's going on. And so that's what we're going to do today is just kind of talk a little bit more about that and we'll answer some questions. All right. So, Jennifer, why do I get sick every time I get a flu shot? I also usually end up with egg-sized lump at the injection site. Rich, should I get a flu shot? Why or why not? Thanks. No. Next question. Mm. Um, so, you know, that is something that you hear from a lot of people. Hey, I got the flu shot and I can it gave me the flu. I don't yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, and you know, people like that have made vaccines ever since they started making them always there's always like a risk uh, even like for the ones for measles which is like a really like generally accepted to be a very effective one sometimes people get measles from that and it's most of the people don't but sometimes it does happen and that's part of the risk factor of it and you got to look at like cost benefit of it i personally never get flu shots i'd rather just like take the risk of possibly catching the flu rather than certainly being exposed to like an immune aggravator. Right. And another thing that's important, especially with flu shots, is that we know that flu shots contain mercury and we know that mercury is not something that you want in your body. Like there's there's a chance of you getting the flu uh, without a flu shot, but there's a 100% chance of you putting more mercury in your body with the flu shot. The other thing is that the effectiveness of the flu shot is not impressive by any standards of anything. And another thing to consider when you're weighing the risk-benefit is that there's all these different strands of flu out there and there's no way to put them all into one flu shot without completely poisoning you. Uh, so what they do is they kind of select the ones that seem to be the hippest strands at the time and they put those in and then they kind of announce later on well it it kind of turns out that this year's flu shot is only uh you know 30 percent effective and of the of those strands only 18 percent of the people are immune to those strands you know it's it this the numbers are not that impressive yeah yeah i would say like other there's other vaccines that maybe make more sense as far as like like potentially fatal diseases or diseases like mumps that could cause infertility like you like you are probably it's probably worth like the little infliction of a small amount of mercury to like prevent like a, a seriously life-threatening or life-damaging disease whereas with the flu yet maybe if you're a baby it's potentially life-threatening but you know it might not be just the cost but you know the the cost benefit ratio. Are be you that. saying if you're an infant or if you're like a sissy? If you're well, if you're I a guess, baby. Well, I mean, if you are a sissy with a really <laughs> immune system like the boy in a bubble, like you definitely wouldn't want a flu shot. But right, so I, I like to see people take steps to improve their immunity, and some of the steps are really easy, and it's just not known in the mainstream. But we have an episode on the common cold that we kind of teach you how to look at your physiology, to have an understanding of is your physiology set up for your immune system to function correctly, and if it's not, how to make simple changes to uh, set yourself up to be in a good position. You know, there's a lot of things, just like eating a lot of sugar can kind of turn off your immune system. Taking a lot of vitamin D can turn it off. Now, vitamin D is beneficial 
for the immune system. But when you have too much, you're kind of shutting it off. So we teach people how to do that. And that just seems like a better idea than uh, the high amount of risk that goes along with the flu shot for the low amount of benefit that seems to be coming from them. Yeah. All right. Amy from Covington, Louisiana. I'm curious about vaccinations and SIDS. How many babies have died from SIDS that were not vaccinated? Christy, that'd be a great study. Yeah, I really I really would love to know this. And this is very interesting to me. And I couldn't find anyone who had done any type of research to find this. It may be out there. I just didn't have a, a good time finding it. But I did find a very interesting paper on PubMed. Um, and uh, so we'll put some show notes uh, on kickitnaturally.com and you can find this show and we'll put all the links that we talk about because we have kind of quite a few on this one. But I found this article that talks about ranking the countries according to their infant mortality rate, which is, you know, how many babies are, are dying um, in their infancy. And uh, it also listed uh, the... Uh, how how much the people are vaccinating, like the rate at which uh, everybody vaccinates or not so many people vaccinate type of thing. And uh, in like uh, 34 nations, the five with the best, with the lowest amount of infant deaths uh, were the ones who only did 12 vaccine doses, which was the lowest number of all the nations. And of course, the U.S. does like, I don't know, I think it's 39 now or something like that. I think it was 26 at the time of this particular paper. But it was interesting that the lowest infant uh, mortality deaths were also the people using the lowest number of vaccines. And to take that a step further, we can look at the U.S., which had a higher rate and a higher rate of vaccination. And you look at Mississippi... And Mississippi is, they had the highest rate of vaccination. Like that's their biggest bragging thing is we have a higher vaccination rate than any other state in the country. They just so happen to have the highest infant mortality rate, the most amount of infant deaths. Now, I'm not saying that that's a cause. There's, there's no way to know that. That's just, uh, you know, a correlation. But that's a pretty big correlation to think about. Yeah, it's interesting. It is important not to collapse correlation with causation, but it is a, definitely an interesting thing if like that's going on. And I doubt I doubt that or I think you'd be very very hard pressed to find like a lot of different research articles proving that vaccines like cause deaths because like or even even if some people were straightforward, be like, oh yeah, so like every kid that I vaccinated like died this year. <laughs> right, that's not gonna. You know, you know like they're they're less. I think that there are honest people for sure in medicine, but I also think that um, a lot of a lot of companies and hospital policies and government regulation has been created to protect the practice of vaccination and to also not. Um, to not blame them if a baby dies because it's not necessarily their fault if a baby died the day after it got vaccinated. That's not, it's really, it's honestly, it's not their fault, but it is possible that it, it did cause death, you know? And, and this is kind of takes us back to our viewpoint a little bit um, that we covered uh, last week. And that is the reality is that Mississippi has a lot of lower income areas 
where a lot of the other problems that we talked about, poor nutrition, um, the inability to have nutrient levels high in the food that's being eaten, and now the kid doesn't have the resources to deal with the toxins that are coming in with the vaccines. We talked a lot about, bit about, um, you know, the people that may be ca- having these problems from vaccines could be the pro- the people who cannot deal with the toxicity level. So it, it could be a combination of, yes, they're vaccinating more than everybody and more babies are dying, but it could be a situation where maybe there's more babies that don't have the resiliency to deal with the toxic load coming in from the vaccination. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important to because there is a lot of really blatant evidence showing like how valuable vaccines have been in the past in preventing like epidemics or like reversing epidemics. So um, I know like in the holistic health world, there's a tendency to just jump on the idea that it's it's better not to vaccinate or that they don't work or that they're toxic. But I do think there are some real benefits to it. Um, another little side point, I don't know if there's a question about autism coming up, but I was just talking with my best friend who's a physician last night, and he was saying that at the time when um, there was all these papers coming about and coming out about the the rise of autism with increase in, in vaccinations, it turns out there was some reclassification as far as what it meant to be autistic, similar to a reclassification of what it meant to have high cholesterol. You know, we talk about like, oh, they lowered the bar for what it means to have high cholesterol. Well, we talked last week how they changed the classification of polio to make it look better for them. Yeah, but there's also a change in the classification of what it meant to be autistic. Like it used to be like just a specific set of symptoms presenting, and they kind of broadened that to include like, oh, this is grayscale. So we could classify these other people as also autistic so that they could also, and the benefit of that for those people was that they could then get government support and government aid for being classified autistic and get like other school programs and, you know, um, healthcare and support for them. So there's good intention behind broadening that spectrum of like what it means to be autistic. But then there was also a lot of publication that came about like, oh, this is huge epidemic outbreak rise in autism when in fact, it's been kind of much, much more steady of a state, just the way we classified who is autistic or not. We did talk about, someone had a question last week that uh, on the show Underground Wellness, somebody interviewed someone who had that point of view as well. But just from looking at life, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't know anybody that was autistic at all. And now you see it constantly i mean i didn't see anyone that had i didn't know anyone who had that type of behavioral issues um or emotional issues of any kind like in my town it just we didn't know anyone like that and um we're going to talk a little bit later in the show about something that uh, somebody had a, a thing that they shared about that's pretty freaky really and also back in the day like ADD, you were just hyper. You were just a kid. You, you know, go candy. outside and run around and work off some of the energy, you know, or whatever. You just had too much sugar or, you know, I don't right, know. Right, so that's a different thing than autism and Well, yeah, but I'm just saying and... that, like, everything is changing now. Now everything has a name on it, whereas before you were just being a kid, now there's something wrong with you. Right. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal, too. I think that counts as something. Yeah. Um, for sure. 
All right, Ricky Joe from Prescott Valley, Arizona. My question is, why must they use such thick, long needles? Ouch, because they like to hurt you. Well, that oh, was wow. brought about by the foundation of we want to scare you. No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know that they use such needles. That that might not be real. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry about that, Ricky. <laughs> okay, Ricky. <laughs> Valene. Denver, Colorado. I did not get the measles vaccine. I was so ill with measles. The doctor sent me home basically to die. They were throughout my whole body. Many neighbors came and took turns helping my parents. After such a horrible experience for my parents, every one of my siblings got the vaccines. None of them had such badly me- had such deadly measles. And I think this is kind of the viewpoint that we all grew up with. And this is what I've always had. I've always had this viewpoint until... I started really digging into this for this show, and and that was that, well, you know, you hear stories about people that got sick because they didn't do it, and then people that didn't get sick, and uh, I think this is a big driving force, along with a lot of bad information, that kind of makes us all just blindly go, okay, I'll do whatever I'm told to do. Will? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, um... I get it. And I think that there are some diseases that are like that and some vaccines that have shown to like be really quite effective and others that are maybe less effective, like the flu shot. And so, like I said before, I think we got to look at a case by case basis and maybe measles is potentially a good one because we see people get sick and some people die kind of unnecessarily because that vaccine usually does really work for people. Andrew. Grimsby, Northeast, Lincolnshire, UK. Interesting. Heard an interesting theory that HIV originated from the polio vaccination. And then he gives a link. Yes, we'll put a link to that. It's the, uh, there's like a documentary called The Origin of AIDS. And I, um, I didn't know about this, but I have heard other people talk about another illness that actually did not exist until the original polio vaccine caused it. Um, and the original polio vaccine is a lot different than the one that's being used today. It actually was very problematic and actually caused a lot of people to have polio. It was that oral one. And uh, there was even states that banned the use of the polio vaccine because in their history of that state, they had never had a single reported case of polio. And then once people started getting vaccinated, everybody was catching polio but polio was a is a bit of a mess and uh this is one of those things that kind of takes a lot of the credibility out of the whole system for me because when i think of polio most people like most people they think oh well, a kid's kid a kid is going to be paralyzed uh so we don't want them to have polio uh but when you look at it um, actual polio, the fact is, is that most people that get, that get polio, the symptoms are equivalent to a cold, like it's a fever, maybe diarrhea, maybe vomiting. It lasts about a week, and then you recover 100%, and you're fully immune against polio for the rest of your life. So the, when you look at the numbers, it's really only like 0.04% of the people who get polio end up with this paralysis situation. Um, and everyone else who gets it, it's like 
a, a flu kind of a thing. Um, so they kind of went up in arms uh, about it, and they did the the vaccine, and it ended up causing more polio than anything. Now, they've since fixed it, but it's one of those things where we haven't had any cases in the Northern Hemisphere, any Canada, U.S., since like 1991 or something like that. Um, for people that fly in with it from other countries, there's been like, I think, only six cases in the recorded history and it's just one of those things that i you know you got to wonder is this do we really need to be uh mandating that every single person gets this who knows i mean certainly you don't want to see the epidemics come back that happened long ago but you got to kind of wonder as we're adding more and more things to this list that every child must have or we're only going to let them live in the woods um, we might have to start looking at some of the things that we seem to have good control over because when the number of people are dying from vaccines, when that number is higher than the people who are dying from the actual disease, uh, we might have to look at changing some things to but then balance now that people out. can say, well, we haven't had any cases since 1991. So it must be the vaccine that they're giving now is, you know, eradicating it or whatever. Well, what they did was they, uh, with a lot of these vaccines, especially with like smallpox too, and how they say that they eradicated it, which even with the smallpox, the, the disease was on a huge decline before the vaccine was even available. But what they did was when somebody got smallpox or, or polio was they, they've mandated vaccination for their circle of people that they knew. Everyone who was around them had to get the vaccine, and that was kind of how they wiped it out. And that's kind of the thinking behind the herd vaccination, of all of us vaccinating to keep it from spreading. But now that the evidence is mounting that the vaccinations themselves are causing problems due to the high level of vaccinations that we're doing now, um, that it, as we start to look at, okay, what do we back off from you know, that's a piece of information that we might have to look at is that, okay, nobody's had it at all. You and know? that would also be a good thing because then you could say, okay, if we stop this vaccination, then all of a sudden you start getting a polio outbreak. Okay, well, then the vaccines were helping, you know, or whatever. And there, or do what you said, the circle of friends, you know, keep it small. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's really complicated. What do you think of that, Will? I mean, I... Uh... I, I don't have the question in front of me, but I and I know we went on a bit of a, a tangent, but did he he did say like he had heard that the polio vaccine caused AIDS? Was that where we started with this? Yeah, it was the polio vaccine that caused AIDS, and there is another disease, um, and I can't think of the name, but I, I did hear somebody talking about it that it was from it came from the viruses that they, they use the virus strains that they used in that polio vaccine and it created another disease and as a result this disease has killed more people than polio ever did so that's mm. a pretty freaky thing to think about mm -hmm. now that's not the vaccine we're using now that was the oral form of the polio vaccine mm. that caused all these problems and caused people to have polio and and they stopped that. You know, that's been gone a long time. Yeah. But uh, this particular movie is saying that that also caused other um, diseases and AIDS being one of them. Right. Well, so to, to, like, to respond to that question then about it, like when we look at like did that vaccine cause AIDS, 
it's important to know that like the the science and documentation that says HIV causes AIDS is not really well documented. Like it's not proven and we also see that other things also cause the creation of the antibodies that are used to test if someone has AIDS or not. You can even get it from trauma. Like those autobody or those um the immune response of the body that is detected in an AIDS test that is confirming you have AIDS can be generated through just damage to the body, like through like a surgery, like removal of a spleen. They're not necessarily finding a virus that says, oh, you have HIV and AIDS. They're saying, oh, there's these these antibodies that your body created. And it can create them for lots of different reasons. And yeah, it definitely could create them in response to um, a vaccine. You know, it's an immune response that they're they're verifying. So we can say like, yeah, it could cause the creation of the antibodies that we refer to as a positive test result when you're looking at does this person have AIDS or not. That makes sense. You know, but that's not to say, oh, you have HIV, like you got that, because there's still not a good correlation between that. A really good article to read about this is um, if you look up uh, raypeat.com, he has an article titled Immunodeficiency, Dioxins, Stress, and the Hormones. And there you can see like there's there's a lot of really interesting stuff about how we have yet to really prove that HIV causes AIDS or uh, really get our grasp on our public comprehension of what AIDS is. It's it's an immune response that the body's going through, and it can do that for different reasons. So um, that can be a really refreshing and liberating thing because some, like a lot of people in Africa that are exposed to different intestinal bacteria and, and uh, exotoxins will generate those antibodies and test positive for AIDS when they not have the HIV virus at all. Yeah, it's not an HIV thing. It's like, oh, if they did like an intestinal cleanse and cleared out those exotoxins, they could come back later and test for AIDS and be negative. Interesting. Hmm. Georgiana, assuming that you would vaccinate your child, how would you go about doing it and what will minimize the negative impact? Well, we talked about this a little bit last week and, uh, you know, spacing things out maybe allowing the kid to be as old as possible for that particular vaccine from vaccine to vaccine and taking steps to uh, increase the nutrient levels of that child and having them be more resilient to be able to deal with a toxic load. But uh, again, this is too tricky to really plan out um, because it really depends on so many other environmental factors of you know, how many heavy metal, how much of a heavy metal load does the kid already have? Um, and that can vary so greatly that that's, that's hard to figure out. So I think that there's definitely steps that you could take to minimize by kind of spacing things out a little bit more. But again, it's just going to matter so much from person to person. Yeah. I mean, I think we also should just play it safe and be like, you should talk to your doctor about that, you know. 
All right. Alberto from Los Angeles. You guys probably already know this, but I think you have to mention the amount of vaccines given in the U.S. before a child is six compared to every other developed country. Average is 18. U.S. does 36. And how they started to go up after they passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986. The act took the liability away from the companies developing vaccines, and they just kept going up since then. What a coincidence. And then he lists a link that we'll post in the show notes. Which of the diseases that we are told to vaccinate against today could be fatal or induce a lifetime disability? Are any vaccines truly worth it in your mind? That's what y'all were talking about the last show was that act that they they don't have the liability anymore. Right. So since that was the case, uh, you know, and I think someone has has a question later in the show, too, about, um, you know, new vaccines are coming out because when you come out with a vaccine, especially if it's mandated by every kid in the country, you just became a gazillion billionaire. (laughs) Um, So. They want to keep adding them, but when you look at the toxic load, that is a big deal. But since they can't be held liable, that's kind of where the system breaks down. And that's where I feel like it can't be repaired as long as that's the case. Because they're going to keep wanting you to do more vaccines. They're going to keep providing information that makes it sound like it's the appropriate thing to do. And it makes it very hard to differentiate between the ones that really are important and then it could be beneficial and the ones that are just adding more of a toxic load you know like will was saying last week that you know if you're not going to go to africa you don't need a malaria vaccine but you know who knows maybe at some point that'll be mandated too yeah wow and then uh, diana shared a link to a video and article the CDC scientist admits destroying autism data, and then there's a link there that we'll post. So this is the one that I was talking about. That it has a video there too, and and there's a guy that worked for the CDC. He did the science stuff, and he admits that they came up with some data that proved, especially with African American male babies, that there was a link to these uh, neurocognitive issues that were coming from a lot of the vaccines, and. And when you look at it, when you look at how many people have suffered from those types of issues, if that did come out, I mean, they they really could collapse a, a lot of things and cause, I mean, think of how many people who would want to sue for that mm-hmm. once that was proved. So he admits that they destroyed that stuff. It's just an interesting video to watch to see that, okay, you know, because you hear so many other people of saying that, yeah, there has been data that has shown that this really is going on and especially when you look at the doctors who work with a lot of kids and they're doing tests you know it's similar to us will like if we uh took every type 2 diabetic in the country and we ran our tests on them and we saw that they were all catabolic you know that would be a pretty big correlation for science to then look at and say, okay, maybe this is worth putting some attention to. But that's similar to what's going on as you're looking at all of these um, autistic kids and you're seeing a lot of heavy metal issues in a huge percentage of them. And that doesn't mean all those heavy metals came from the vaccines, for sure. We know that. But uh, if it's adding to that soup that that kid is dealing with, then it's important to for us as people who are deciding whether to vaccinate or not to understand that and to 
uh, weigh that in as a factor when we're deciding how many do we want to do? How often do we want to do them? Which kid qualifies to do that at all? And all that stuff. Yeah, and I do think it's something that with advancing technology and screening, like it could become, um, they could get better at making very sophisticated choices of what child should get what vaccines, depending on things like their risk factors genetically, their toxin load, their uh, their socioeconomic state, their environment. Like there could be a lot of different things that could be done to screen a kid and be like, oh. This kid, uh, he already has this really heavy metal load, like we should maybe not do it. And he has this gene that makes him susceptible right. to this. You know, they could get to the point where they could um, screen someone like that. And I think that they uh, eventually could even do it economically, where it could be applied at a national level. Don't think that we're there yet. Yeah, well, that. think about that pot that they're paying out of for everyone who gets injured. I mean, it's 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 approaching $4 billion now. What yeah. if they took a little bit of that pot and went towards, you know, doing the stuff that you're talking about? Yeah. Um, it just seems to make sense because something that I also did not know is that a mother can have a heavy metal load in her system. And while she's pregnant, that can transfer to the child. So when a child's born it can already have a load of heavy metal issues uh, in its system. So if there's a way for us to look at that, um, then maybe we could say, okay, this kid does not qualify to have this many vaccinations, etc. And, you know, maybe that could save some hardship. Yeah. We're brilliant. Did you see how we just fixed, we just fixed the whole thing right wow, there? Yeah. Now she just <laughs> take that, you know, that test that you're talking about. Work it up, develop it, take it to Congress. And they'll say, say hey. will that make us a billion dollars? No, then we're not interested. Yeah, but yeah. it will save you billions of dollars in lawsuits. Right, yeah. But so, I am, I am really against, though, the, uh, the protection of the vaccine yeah. companies. Yeah, that's just the to worst. Me, to me, like, all right, well, if you're going to be awful, like with corporate <laughs> capitalism, make them subject to it, too. Like, all right, if you're losing out... Because, like, if I was a trainer and everyone I trained with broke their back, and I was like, oh, I don't know, it's just not that cost effective. Because right. I'm not going to train anymore if everybody's going to sue me for a broken unless, back. Yeah, so I need the gym owner to make a law that says no one can sue me for breaking their back, and then I'll keep training people. Like, that is not a reasonable business model, right? right? Like, so to say, like, vaccines, like, oh, I'm sorry, like, the trillions of dollars you're you're earning is not enough to cover the damage that you're causing. Like, you should go out of business. Right. You know? and in, just interesting thing back. with that is there's a I think it's Proposition 65 in California is this law that came out that says that anyone who manufactures a product, um, they have to disclose any harmful chemicals that are in that product, and that's a law. And it, it appears that the vaccines are exempt from that law. That's ridiculous. Well, uh, it's not that you ever see a vaccine label anyway. You don't buy it. You yeah. just get stuck in the arm. <laughs> right. I think there's pamphlets and inserts that you can get to kind of read about them. And one interesting thing that I see from a lot of people who are educating the public about this information is they share these viewpoints and they're like, look, I got this information 
from the CDC website. I got this information from the insert of the vaccine, but nobody ever reads it. So there's a lot of information out there that can kind of point you to what you're really doing to the child you're choosing all these vaccinations for, but you have to take the time to actually read it and understand what's going on. So what yeah. we really need to do is come up with a way to falsify records to say your child has had these vaccines, and then they don't have to, and they can still go to school. <laughs> right. you, you know, yeah. And in your mind, you can know, dang, I was right. They right. shouldn't have had those vaccines, right. and well, they didn't. I, I, a friend of mine told me that, um, you know, because California is switching over to do what we say or move out. And uh, she's like, you know, there's going to be this black market of doctors who will falsify yeah, vaccinations exactly. for you for a price. And that, that may be the only option that, that, that's available for those who don't want to go there and the weed doctor one stop well, shop, uh -huh. you know. All right. Virginia, how many fatal diseases have been able to eradicate with vaccines? My guess is a lot, maybe hundreds. And what other in, uh, innovative uses for vaccines are you seeing coming in the future? For instance, we now have a vaccine for a virus that causes cancer. Do you foresee researchers identifying viruses causing or contributing to other conditions such as diabetes, Alzheimer's, dementia, heart disease, or maybe other forms of cancer that vaccines could maybe help or hopefully prevent? Thanks, y'all. Y'all, I love saying y'all. I grew up where we say y'all. Yeah, yeah, but when you say that out here, people look at you like, like they don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, they're always like, where are you from? Uh -huh. um, but Virginia, so the, uh, the virus that is quote-unquote uh, keeping you from having cancer is not a cancer-stopping uh, vaccination. About HPV. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. So, so it's uh, and the uh, it's called Garnasol or something like that. Yeah, Gardasol uh, is a vaccine, and they really started marketing it really hard, like on MTV to girls who Little are thirteen girls, yeah, yeah. to, you know, sixteen or something like that, and they wanted everyone to get vaccinated. So, if you have a daughter and you want to do that one, my recommendation is to first watch the documentary called The Greater Good. Um, they talk a lot about that vaccine in that documentary, and. And they say that they've had over 18,000 injuries reported, uh, more than 85 deaths. But they really feature a girl who was like a little cheerleader um, in, in middle school or something. And uh, after she got the vaccine, uh, she can't really do anything anymore. Like it really hit her very hard and uh, affected her health in a huge way. So, but, you know, um, cervical cancer is a really big deal. You know, that's a, that's. That's a major problem that we're dealing with. So when something comes out that could possibly, you know, basically eradicate that, that's a very exciting. And so I do think there could be things that they figure out, but they did this particular vaccine ended up getting fast tracked, which means that it didn't spend the four or five years uh, through trials like it's supposed to. Um, they did some trials with a couple thousand people and in a matter of like 16 months or something, they permitted it to hit the market and it turns out that it, they didn't do enough because it's causing, or it was causing a lot of problems. I'm not even sure where it is now, but I think that they they need to be a little more strict with um, trying these things out a lot longer before they're just going to dump it on the market to make a bucket of money. But yeah. 
you know, if that's possible to remove a virus like that or the ability to catch a virus that's causing problems like that, that would be a very exciting thing. But the problem is we're not doing that, that we are all part of this experiment that's going on right now. And we talk about the fact last week we talked about the scientist who had done the test with aluminum and showed all of this destruction to the to the motor neurons and stuff in the brain that looks similar to Alzheimer's. And we look at all of these people now who are not uh, being affected with these neurological issues or autism type problems um, from these from the vaccines. And we don't know what's going to happen to them in 20 years. You know, we know that Alzheimer's is increasing now from and it appears to be from a lot of the heavy metal loads that we're all experiencing for different reasons. But is 40 going to be the new age when people start to have Alzheimer's? We have no idea. And then they don't know how to link it back to the vaccine because they're like, oh, this just happened to me. It's in my genes or blah, 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 blah. So they don't actually know that, hey, maybe that vaccine that I was vaccinated with when I was a kid is what's causing this. Right. So So they don't. So in 20 years, we could be seeing a whole new array of problems. Um, it, it would make sense, according to what makes sense, at least in my head right now, um, because the cases of autism that I have seen one-on-one and the people that I know that have autistic kids and the number that I, that I just know personally is pretty large, um, that when we have done steps that would reduce heavy metals and lift mineral levels to allow the body to reduce or to let go of heavy metals, the differences that the kid has experienced is dramatic. Like, it's unbelievable. So um, if some of these people are currently in a situation where they can deal with that heavy metal load, what happens 30 years from now? Do they start to have experience these dementia-type things when they're 42? Mm. Uh, Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. Can I tell us what's going to happen? I'll tell you. Is that was that on your script? No, I lost my script. I had the answer on there. Yeah. So it's kind of tricky because a lot of these things could be bringing great benefit, which is great. That would be awesome. You know, it it appears that way in some cases, um, and then it absolutely seems false in other cases. And it seems like you know data was kind of moved around to make it look that way. But uh, are we going to find later that the benefits that we're seeing now by restricting some of these diseases from spreading more, um, is the payoff going to be bigger than we thought? We don't know. I don't know. All right. Carol, I do think some vaccines have value for children, but I really worry about them getting multiple different ones in the same day. Their little bodies can't take it. Vaccines do suppress the immune system. We also give too many vaccines, period. And I think that's the thing. And I think you know, we all kind of agree on that, that, yeah, there's got to be some that that could be bringing some benefit to us and that maybe are now, but maybe the load is too much. You know, especially when you're looking at babies, because with a pregnant woman, they tell us now, don't don't eat fish. Because you don't want to increase the mercury level in that baby, you're going to create but let's early get vaccines. When yeah, <laughs> but as soon as they come out, let's jam it right in there. Yeah. So you avoided all that fish for nothing, and maybe the fish was going to be delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we we could 
usually learn a lot from a few of the European countries that are more uh, honest and have a better structure to their regulati- regulating bodies. It's like, yeah, maybe we should drop down to 12, like right. whatever those 12 are. And maybe it's different, like if we, there's different disease exposure. But I don't, I doubt it. I I would assume that they have like maybe some more conservative policies. And Yeah, and I would be happy with this. Uh, okay, I understand the viewpoint that you have that makes you think that every kid needs to be vaccinated to keep things from spreading. Um, so maybe you pick a number that's reasonable to mandate and then offer 75 other vaccines for any parent that wants to do that. But to mandate them, um, I think it's causing problems. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny too to like um, some parents will argue like, oh, you have to vaccinate your kids or else you put us all at risk. It's like, well, you're not going to be at risk if you vaccinated your kid. And yeah. Think, right. So don't. Ah, work. good one. You know, if it actually works, don't worry about it. Yeah, touche. Right, and 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 we talked last week about you know most of the breakouts like measles and stuff like that. Um, CDC even puts on their website that most of those breakouts actually occur in vaccinated kids. It's not the dirty unvaccinated kids that are causing the actual problem. Right. Um, so that needs to be taken into account as well. Uh, so it's just the extreme that, that's going on, I think, in our country that is causing the extreme situations that we're seeing. And um, I, don't, I don't know that it's going to be fixed. I think, it, I think, it, I think it's going to end up getting worse. And like Will said last week, it's going to go beyond kids. It's going to go to adults to where yeah. they're going to mandate things that we have to Will do Will you too. move out of the country, Tony? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm not helping you move Oh, again. okay. <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to need you to five. move these boxes to Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you can come in on Sunday. Uh, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we added these links. There are a couple things worth checking out, um, especially the link of that video on the show notes. Check that out. But let's say that you're an expecting parent and that you're really doing a lot of research and that's how you found this show, my recommendation is to do at least a little bit of research on both sides. So the easiest thing to do is just watch some documentaries because you do, you just sit there like you're watching a movie. You could even eat popcorn and mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, but I would watch the uh, the pro vaccination movie, uh, calling all the shots. Um, Will and I watched that one. I would also watch the movie called The Greater Good. And uh, Vaccine Nation, which is the one that Gary Null did. And to give yourself a rounded viewpoint along with information from both sides so that you can see what makes sense in your brain. Um, The only thing I recommend not doing is just blindly doing whatever people say to do because... It seems like some of those things are not that great. But like these states that are like, it's you have to legally. What do you do? You just wait until the last possible minute to make the time longer, or you just have to like do what they say. I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of parents now are homeschooling, are homeschooling, yeah. and of course they may be changing that as well. Sarah's um, gonna homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you, you just me, don't know. Me and Nina will be homeschooling. Yeah, you'll in, in charge of, <laughs> of the homeschool. Can you imagine that kid would know nothing? <laughs> nothing. So it, it's a tricky situation, and that's really the the conclusion that, that we come to is that it's a tricky situation, but just don't go into it blindly. If you look at the information and kind of try to um, negotiate it a little bit, then maybe you can figure out what's best for you and, and your kids and, and the best way to go through it. But man, it's, it's uncool. Yeah. And also like you mentioned last week to try to, especially uh, in months preceding and, and following the times when like your kids might need to be vaccinated, like do extra to help bolster their immune system and make sure like they're doing other stuff to really nourish themselves, like whether it's bone broth or extra vitamin C's and things like that. Yeah, I did see one person that talked about like they might make the smallpox vaccine mandatory for every human being. Like that's what they're there's a there's a bill trying to push that right now. And she talked about steps of taking, you know, five days before, really load up on vitamin C that same day, the, uh, continue the following day. And so, you know, maybe that's things that you do. Um, to set yourself up better so that it doesn't affect you so much. Because we know that people get vaccinated and they're fine forever from it. So there has to be reasons that their body can handle it and someone else's body can't. Um, so if you're in a situation where you feel like you have to vaccinate your child or yourself, put everything you can in your favor, help your body work at its optimal level so that it can deal with the hardship. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. <laughs> oh, Audible is giving away a free... Yeah, that's one. Audible.com. <laughs> Audible.com. Just by saying Audible.com, you'll get a free uh, listen of anything you want. Uh, no, go to, what is it, kickitinthenuts.com forward slash Audible. Audiobook. Audiobook. Oh, Audiobook. Audiobooks. Had... It's because I was vaccinated, y'all. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so anyways, do that. And if you would like to learn more about or for your family or... <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is going well. Wow, <laughs> You can take Will and Tony's... Uh, pro. <laughs> oh God, this is bad. Oh man, I was just thinking last week. Why does Kenneth still use all those scripts because for the I, ads? Yeah, and stuff? I didn't sit down and learn it. Maybe I should sit down and like really, really learn it. Like I learn lines. Mm-hmm. How do I do lines? Yeah, you know? I don't even know. Okay, uh, healthprocourse.com. Yeah, right. do that. Just go, go there. there. Go to healthprocourse.com. Yeah. And then if you want to do the, the four-week digestion course, it's almost free. It's 50 cents. Uh-huh. You go to Kick It Naturally for that. Kickitnaturally.com. And then you can do the almost free <laughs> digestion <laughs> course or read any of TC's books or go to willsmybodyofknowledge.net and you know you can see his blogs, his exercises. I just Maybe it's just like a blanket. Yeah. A security blanket because right. now it's not in my hands. So now everything just went out the window. Awesome. So thanks so much for listening and uh, congratulations to everyone who won prizes last week. Woo! And uh, if you if you want to be entered in our next prize giveaway, not sure when we're doing that, but just leave us a review at iTunes or Stitcher and we'll automatically put you in there. So oh, yeah. we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Bye, Will. Bye. Oh, my God. I got to find that script. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. 
It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com, which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself KIY gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY and we'll see you on the inside.